When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and this one is a Geekscape special where I like to sit down with my good friend Ian Kerner and discuss one of the latest big tentpole geek things that has happened in our community. This one is for the Shazam movie starring Zach Levi. Um, and so if you have not seen Shazam, you should probably not listen to this podcast hmm. uh, because we get very spoilerific, and if you have seen Shazam... Um, you're going to be in for a treat because Ian really does a great job of going into the uh, original material like the comic and every iteration of Shazam like his history and he pulls out the Easter eggs and he knows all the different uh, you know it really gets inside baseball is what I'm telling you so Ian um, Shazam I think that uh, this one is one that uh, we kind of know what each other is thinking on this one yeah (laughs) because it's hard not to like this movie. It was just shockingly good. <laughs> um, I'll say, I went to an early screening. I went mm-hmm. two weeks early. And, uh, and you know, it's funny how as, as, as you kind of ramp up to a movie, more and more trailers, you know, little, the little clip things they do, commercial television, all that. So it's seeing more and more of it. But I felt like the early trailers really felt very kid-centric. Right. Yeah, it felt like it was very much going to be a movie aimed at the PG thirteen crowd, and I know well, the movie I felt, is. I felt even aimed or PG. It felt younger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so because we yeah. went, we went with like with some kids, and I was like, I got I'm, Uber. I was like, oh no, this is way more adult than I expected. And I should pay attention to PG thirteen. But I'm talking PG thirteen 2019. But this is a lot more PG thirteen 1986. Like this is a, a movie that I would say, as far as kids movies go, has a lot more. Similarities to something like Gremlins, yeah. than anything else. And remember, they kill an old lady in Gremlins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I actually some watched Gremlins recently it. again with that because yeah. we, we, we turned Dash on the way he loved it. But yeah, yeah, yeah I love. But no, there is, and you know, it's like the monster stuff. I mean, it's pretty. You know, with the Seven Deadly Sins, it's pretty. You know, it gets pretty serious and heavy. And it does that almost right off the bat, where yeah. you have. Uh, a, it, the movie starts out in the early in the mid '80s and. Mm-hmm. You've got the origin story, or the, at least the groundwork for your villain. Yes, and it really does a great job of setting so, up this mythos that there is a wizard, and he's one of the last of this um, council of wizards, and he needs to find a champion. But he's going to be very selective with it. And you start with this rejection that leads into a, what later on you realize is a history of rejections of people who just aren't ready to become Shazam. But this individual that you see, or as a kid early in the movie. Um, ends up becoming uh, uh, help me with the name Ian um, what? Professor uh, Dr. Savannah Savannah so um, it's hardcore you see yeah, it, you, you, you see this, this this accident and it's hardcore no yeah that, that, that accident was serious it was very well done and so, it's so, very violent and so I'm it, like this is the at, kind of movie it's going to be and by All the right. way now that's something that's not that it's a place where they deviate from the source material sure um, so the movie, it actually surprised me just how much um, it hewed to the New 52 version of the character. And, you know, it's funny because, I mean, people can go back and listen, but, you know, we, we've done all these movies. And every time they do these, I think I've been surprised at how much they stayed with these modern versions, you know. And uh, I don't know if it's partly because... You know, we haven't been that thrilled 
with what they did in New 52 and that, what they've now gone back on. Yeah, it's pre-retconned. Pre you know, but, um, you know, this is what, what, what we keep seeing, you know, since Man of Steel. What's right? crazy is New 52 is nine years old. It's, a, it's, it's, a, well, yeah, it's, no, like, no, exactly. it's like seven years old, at least. No, it's 2010. It's 2010. It's nine years old. Yeah, wow. Yeah. wow. Wow, wow. So, um, so the thing is, um, I mean, I was very surprised in Aquaman that saw the storyline came from very recent comics. They're only a couple years old. Yeah, um, had the trench. Very much so with this movie, that's the case. This movie is fairly slavishly true to John's, what he did. And you can get it collected now, but... You know, soon after the New Fifty Two, and when he was writing Justice League, he did it as a backup mm-hmm. in Justice League. And I love that Gary Frank artwork. And yeah, this no, stuff and, and, looked and, and like the great. Gary Frank artwork. And, and then he didn't touch it for a couple of years; it stayed stagnant until um, recently. Recently, started doing it again. And that this the current book, which is I think on issue like four or five, um, just totally picks up from that initial storyline. So it's, I mean, it's very much like wh- where this one is presumably going, and we'll get into it, but. There's some nods to the current storyline, actually, even in this movie. So, that first scene, and I really love it because it sets up a lot of stuff that you're going to need later. But a lot of it's the tone that yeah. that these stakes are serious. Mm-hmm. These stakes are life or, or death. The the seven deadly sins are a threat to return. Yeah, and and they uh, surprised me right off the bat. It was just like this. Wow, this is dark. And it's fantastical. Mm-hmm. It's not what we've seen a science-based Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, when when Zack Snyder did, brought us the Man of Steel, he was putting a lot of science in it and a lot of sci-fi well, into it. Well, and well, this well, isn't sci-fi. This is fantasy. Well, 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 here's the thing, and this is the thing that we wondered. You know, we we've already kind of got this with Wonder Woman, but I remember back with Man of Steel, we were wondering if. You know the whole Kryptonian thing in the past, and where they is that how they were going to do Amazons and Atlanteans, and they kind of dropped the ball because you know like with with Aquaman, I felt like they didn't really give it the same kind of explanation. Like pretty messy. They they implied scientific, but didn't really say it because again, you know, in the comics, it's it's mysticism, it's magic that enables them to become mere people, right? Sure. at least they, they did the God thing without really calling it mysticism. And Wonder Woman, here it's straight up mysticism. Something that, until Doctor Strange, Marvel avoided. Marvel's avoided. You know? They've been but, telling, saying that well, Thor is just a different type of science. But, but with Doctor Strange, they did it. But again, even there, they did what actually Marvel does all the time, which I kind of like because it's a great way of explaining magic, but yet it fits within the scope of the MCU and is actually not untrue and and. And is actually um, consistent with what, what they do in the Marvel comics, which is this notion of, well, yeah, they're getting their power from extra-dimensional entities. Mm-hmm. It still seems like magic, but it's still, but it's like, all right, it's still, it, it's cosmic power, right? Sure, sure. You know, so so I find that kind of interesting. Uh, unless you're Cara Danvers, and then like a nuke went off next to you, and that's how you got your powers. Well, no, again, we've discussed yeah. this. It's the Infinity Stones. It's the Infinity Stones, right? You know? You're so right. You're right. It, it, it's that again, but. Um, yeah, so one of the things this movie does and is very important, and they fight out, say, the Rock of Eternity here is the source of all magic. Mm-hmm. So they say that. That's important. We're going to get into that, particularly late in the movie, when they go and they, they go into you know the room with all the doors you know, and, and what that means. Um, one of the things I wanted to say, going into the development of this movie, you know, I mean, they literally had cast the Black Adam with the Rock years ago. Mm-hmm. Like we've known this is happening, this is coming, and they and, cast the Rock. Yeah, I mean, he won it, whatever. He wants but to yes, do it, yeah, you know, it's. I mean, he's he's great for that role, but it's been years. Sure. And you know, you would have expected Black Adam to be in this movie, and frankly, what I would have expected, and they did a great cheat because they showed it, but they showed it more with that that you know, living illustration, you know, because in essence, what I thought they would have done is what they did in the Mummy with the Scorpion King. You know, because that's always been. It's the been thing. a while. Well, The Rock was the Scorpion King. I know. King, which I remember the that. Prequel, sure. But they showed it. They show him as the Scorpion King in the second uh, Mummy. movie. They show yeah. it, and then and then you get the, the movie, the Scorpion King sure. afterwards. Sure. You know, and and by the way, that's all you really needed to do in this movie. But and here's the thing. Where does he fit? This movie is well, pretty good. Well, well, here's the thing. So, before I saw the movie. I already found out that they gave Savannah powers. 
So that's not normally Savannah. Right, and there's a and, and, and there's a trailer, the clip in a trailer where he punches him into the sky. Right, and and in essence, you would argue that Savannah is basically this dark version of Shazam in the movie. So I think that the early idea probably would have had Black Adam in it. Sure. Um, with doing that. But, you know, so going to the movie, I was concerned how I'd feel about it. But what they did was actually really clever because there's another character in the Shazam mythos called Sabak. There's actually two that are similar, Sabak and Ibak. But Sabak is basically, he gets his powers from demons. Mm-hmm. And one version of it, it actually is directly from The Seven Deadly Sins. So literally what they did, which I was actually cool with, is they combined... Savannah with Sabak and gave Savannah a great um, motivation. You know, it's one of the derivations from John Source material where he was looking for magical artifacts, but the whole idea of him being turned down and rejected and trying to find his way back, you know, and ultimately being that you know, being empowered by the Seven Deadly Sins, I thought was genius. And then you basically get your Sabak, you know, someone going toe to toe with him. And ultimately, what the greatest thing about the end of the movie, and I'm getting ahead, but you know, the, the tease you have at the end is, besides the other characters we'll discuss, but you have the classic Savannah. You know in the next movie he's going to be the Savannah, you know, because Savannah is this little, you know, little bald mad scientist. Type, right. You know? And then by the end of this movie, he loses those powers. Exactly. And so now he's what left he just angry, but, yeah. he, but he's got help, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, so the economy of this of this movie and how it just uh, really it was a damn good script. It was really good, yeah. You know, the I was with two two writers, you know, like yourself, um, who are both fairly critical people, and both one of whom was our friend FJ, who we know we joke around about Jeff about FJ being a curmudgeon because he is. So. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, he does not listen to this. No, but, uh, but other friends of ours do, and we'll enjoy this reference. But the thing is, that FJ said that I agreed with, is he looked at me and he goes, it's not that it's a great script, but it works on every level. Agreed. In, um... Everything works. And my fiancé, who's a writer, who's very critical, mm-hmm. went, yeah, it worked. It really, it, it, it hit all the places it needed to hit, you know? Yes, and, I, and when you compare it to something like the filmmaking that was going on in Wonder Woman and in the Zack Snyder films, uh, this this one feels a little bit more broad. It feels a little bit more like it came out of an 80s. It feels a little more loose. Well, those just have such a striking visual strength to them, and they are so bold. And, it, and it's like, and it was a relief to not have that. It was a relief to just have a movie that was just fun. One of the comments from one of the reviews I read said something lines of like, and I agree with this, it embraces its campiness and it's mm-hmm. still serious at the same time, you know? Totally. It's fine, yes. It's a superhero movie, but I mean, they have their fun with it. You know, they do the power montage, which is, you know, very much out of some of the Spider-Man movies. Where he's training and getting you know, yeah. his powers. Yeah, they do that and that's fun. And it's almost a parody of superhero movies at yeah. some point. Like, and it plays with it a I, lot. I, I don't feel like it's a parody. I, no, I feel, I feel at, like it's a Yeah, at some points, it just gets the. You know these scenes. You know what yeah, he's going to do. Yeah. And then it, when it surprises you, you're completely satisfied. But, but you, you know what? What was great is um, the character arc is great. The redemption thing. You know, one of the things that really bothered me when Jeff Johns did redo um, the origin, and I understood it and I appreciated it for what it was. But it definitely had a, a touch of, um, for me, the idea, because Billy Batson, previous to Flashpoint, was this noble spirit. He was destined to this because he's the, the true, you know, true he's heart. He's a good kid. He, he, he is, is yeah. exactly what the wizard is looking for. That's what he. That was the original origin story. Right. So, and in this one, it, he's only the one. He's the only one left. He he's just the last shot. Right. And he isn't that until the end. Mm-hmm. But so when the movie started, I went, okay, they're going the way they did in the comic. But what was great about the movie is that ended up being his arc. His arc ended up being finding that and getting there and yeah. getting to a place of being selfless. He was bitter. You know, and, and he had reason to be. I mean, that was always one of the hard things to take about it. And I, I think I, I totally understood John's 
decision there, and it made sense. It's like, I'm sorry, no foster kid, you know, living on the streets and all that can be that wholesome, all that. It just, no. Right. You know? But to then end up with these other foster kids and, you know, really play into, you know, who these foster parents were, and they were genuinely great people, and they were genuinely a great family, all that, and having him find, you know, that, you know, and, and utilizing that love. I mean, look, I went in the movie having no idea. Unfortunately, it was spoiled for you. I had no idea that we were actually going to get the extended Marvel family. Yeah. Know? And I did know when, when the movie got later in the movie, a bit before it happened, I knew. Because I sent, you know, I got, for, I got what the wizard was saying. It, it hit me. And Geekscape you know? is like, what happened was I was scrolling through Instagram and I subscribed to a couple of different hashtags that are geek or comic book and stuff like that, and some foreign Instagram page had posted a picture of the full Marvel family powered up three days before the movie came out, yeah, and 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 I told Ian, I was like, "Fuck, man! I just saw this image from the, easily the last fifteen minutes of the movie, and it's, and, and it spoke sure. to me." And he goes, "Yeah, that's pretty big." That being said, I've since heard stories like our friend Hannibal Tabu went to see the movie, and before he walked into the movie over at Hollywood and Highland. He walked into the Hot Topic, and they're selling Funko Pops of the powered-up Marvel family. They're already on the shelves. Yeah. Like, those spoilers are out there well, well, in, but, in product form. It's by, not, by the way, and you, you, you know as well as I do that that's usually, the toys are usually what ruin things. Yeah. Often months ahead. It's brutal. Because you know? um, that well, would have been, a, but, I would have been so pumped to have yeah, that well, surprise. Oh, it, it well, I literally, because remember, I, I'm sitting there, and I'm with my, my nine-year-old stepson and I turned to him about five minutes before it happened I went and it hit me and I went oh you're really gonna enjoy this yeah. you're really gonna enjoy what's coming up soon because you get to see Adam Brody back yeah but I'm saying before I knew I was like <laughs> the idea that they all grow boom you know because yeah. you really see them struggling and Freddie and all of it you know and then boom to have them all like that it's just, it's just so great and it was good to see Adam Brody yeah I do yeah. like him no, Adam Brody was great uh, DJ Catrona who was supposed to be Superman yeah, uh, and yeah, that was the thing. So, the the grown up Pedro is DJ Catrone was supposed to be Superman in Just League Mortal, and Adam Brody was supposed to be Flash. That, yeah, that is true. And I was thinking about the Flash reference. I did not know DJ was the one who was supposed to be playing mm-hmm. uh, Superman. That's that's really interesting, and it's funny that that casting went that way. Um, I I love that ending. Um, let's talk about the, that family, the Foster family. Uh, well, that's the thing is everything about them was great. The little mm-hmm. girl was so precious. You know, the whole thing about when she knew and kept it to herself. Um, first of all, this movie's filled with so much humor. It's so funny and good and just, I mean, there's so many things about this movie that are good and entertaining. I mean, that, that, that moment when the other kids figure it out and little Dora's like, finally, like, oh, you knew? She's yeah, like, I, didn't, I didn't She's blow like, it. I didn't tell, you know? I didn't tell. I, I was a good sister. And his relationship with Freddie is like the heart of the, f- of the film. It's great. That, that relationship of, and it finally boils to that point where he says, you're just mad because you wanted these powers. Yeah. And he says, yes, you're yeah, of course absolutely, like, yeah. come on. But, but and the fact that it's heartbreaking. Kinda, but, but the fact that he's kind of irresponsible at first, and he's a kid. Right. You know, and yeah, power, you know, when he's goofing around, and you know, like he's, yeah, because that's what a kid would do. Mm-hmm. And it partly bothered me for a minute, but I realized that's right, you know? What bothered you about it? Well, just to see that, because you, you know, it's just not Captain Marvel, the original <laughs> Sam, it's like he doesn't do that. Right, he's, he's but, the whole but yet, But it made for it was a good movie, it was good. Right. It's just, you know. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if I want to see the Milk Toast. Billy Batson, right. who's like Shazam and just turns into a, a Boy Scout because he was a Boy Scout. You do want to have places to go with that character, and this one definitely went well, there. As I said, that that was that was you know from John's you know changes, you know post Flashpoint, and and they make sense in the modern day. In the 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 ending where he's fighting Doctor Savannah and realizes that Envy had not come out of him mm-hmm. and that envy was the last deadly sin that Savannah was, le- was was still holding on to that, that he was powered by mm-hmm. super 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 smart because yeah. that was Savannah's storyline from the moment we saw him as a kid yeah it's great um, so when I say that the script is, is really good and the writing is really good yeah. it's not just the jokes no this, no it's this good. script is solid um, 
you can have you know the the, the discovering his birth mother. That, that, that's that's never yeah. been in the source material. Yeah, that, that was an added in, and that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting. Honestly, it was. I mean, in terms of speaking about it, like it being a very adult movie. I mean, that was just so real, and the idea that like she was overwhelmed, and I mean, you, you know, you hear these stories. Are they horrible? Yeah, they're horrible. Some yeah. people are horrible. Some people drown their kids. Yeah, there, there, there are horrible people out there, and here was someone who, oh, I was better. You know, you were better off. Well, no, but you know. That's what happened. Yeah, and uh, and it's heartbreaking, and it, and it also works to have Billy at his lowest point mm-hmm. before he really has to step up. <laughs> because we love Zach Levi, we love him as Shazam. We just have to remember that's not the character. Mm-hmm. The character is Billy Batson. That's right. The fourteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's not Zach Levi as a powered-up Shazam. Right. It's Billy Batson, and every decision and everything we see him do as Zach Levi is not a grown man who's cognizant of all the things that a grown man's cognizant of. This is a 14-year-old who is still tumultuous and still discovering a lot of things. And um, and I think that the comedy sometimes, uh, I mean, sometimes it just takes over. And you're just watching Zach Levi have fun, and you're just watching this yeah. really fun movie. I, I will say something that didn't even occur to me to bother me, though my fiancé commented, the, this stripper stuff, she mm-hmm. felt in this day and age was a little, you know. You don't think kids would be into going to a strip club and put peeking? I, I know mean, boys would. I, I, I guess boys that age would be. So I think I think it worked, but it really bothered her. Well, know? I can see she's raising a kid. She's raising a boy, yeah, yeah. And, and in a few years he's going to want to peek. Yeah, <laughs> I can see why that concerns her. You better figure that one out, Ian. <laughs> yeah, if you're 14 years old, you definitely want to peek inside yeah. the door of a strip club. Yeah. I guess the way it bothers her. She's going to have to face that reality yeah. very soon. I, I mean, I, I found that scene, especially when it was all of them, very funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, the, the movie is good. So let's talk about some of the Easter eggs. What were some of the big Easter eggs that you noticed um, in the movie? So at the Rock of Eternity, there's a few. There's a, a mirror that um, in the comics is, is embodied by the woman in the mirror, Francesca, who like tells him things and all that. So that's definitely in there. One of the ones is a burning violin, which is like a really long throwback reference to a character from the Golden Age. And this is know? in the the burning violin is inside the the Rock of Eternity, the Rock of Eternity, but it's not in the sequence with the multiple doors. No, it's before okay, that. It's before that. that. But, so that's that's a character Agar. Um, the one that in the I multiple saw. Multiple doors right that was on, interesting. Yeah. So, so you know, obviously you have the Monster Men, which is the Crocodile yeah. Man. Yeah. You know, which is in the comics they are. Um, they work for Mr. Mind. Mm-hmm. So when we first see, when Savannah's first there, we see... The As a ca- child. Yeah, we, we see, see, the, we see a caterpillar in, in, in the glass box, and immediately it's, that's Mr. Mind, it's who's pretty, a giant yeah. uh, Shazam villain. And it's pretty prominent in the frame. Like it's, oh, it's, it's, it's right, right there. there. It's right there. You can't miss and, it. And I'm seeing the caterpillar, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that weird character. Well, that's a cool shout-out. They'll never do it because he's such a weird character. Yeah. And you get uh, yeah. at and, the end of the movie. Well, by the way, I like, mean, Mister Mind, Mind was mildly obscure, but then in the new Fifty Two was huge. Mm-hmm. What does he? Do? I, mean, I mean, excuse yeah. me, in Fifty Two, in the Fifty Two yeah. miniseries, you know. Yeah, uh, I actually read that. Yeah, uh, so he's hugely important. Total multiverse, all that, you know, multiverse energy, telepath. I mean, it's major stuff. Well, there's a really cute one that I noticed right off the bat. Yeah, I want a tiger. The tigers. The yeah. tiger, like t- tell the geeks gave but us about the tiger. Did, did did you notice that he actually has tigers on the emblems of his uh, of the cape? I didn't. So on the cape, the little metal fasteners is a is, are tigers. tigers. Yeah. Okay. So tar- so so, so what is the problem? So in the comics, the there's a character called Tony the Tiger, uh-huh. who's an anthropomorphic tiger. It's He's basically like a human-sized talking, walking, talking tiger that wears clothes, who is. Part of the Marvel family and a close friend and you know kind of mentor to Billy and looks after him, and we haven't seen Tawny really in the New Fifty Two. They've kind of done away with him. He's kind but of he's a, gold, a great he's kind of a golden character. age. He's like a golden yeah. age. Well, gold and silver, even modern, right. but just not you know that he hasn't been around lately. It's really weird um, to have a talking walking tiger. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, there's a lot of things they've done away with. You know, you have the Captain Carrot stuff. I mean, there's a lot of classic DC stuff. Although Tawny goes back before it was part of DC, but still. Back um, when it was the Fawcett, the Fawcett, Fawcett yeah. comics, yeah. Which, by the way, there's a nod to Fawcett comics, and the, the name of the high school is Fawcett Central, whatever. That's cool. So, 
Yeah, so they did that. They, there's, and Geekscapers who don't know, um, Shazam started as Captain Marvel as a, a Fawcett publication, and it wasn't until the merging with DC. Well, that, D- DC oh, we'll talk, put talk him out of business. And then DC bought put him out of business yeah. and then bought him and then acquired Shazam, yes. that, Captain Marvel that way, but had to change the Captain Marvel name because. Well, well what happened is they bought him more in publishing it, and a different company owned the trademark. Marvel came around, bought the trademark. For Marvel. Marvel bought it from other Go to the beginning. I think we're messing with Bottom line is that, so DC, once they started publishing the comics, they were still able to use the name Captain Marvel for the character, but they didn't have the trademark, so they couldn't actually put it on a cover. After they put Fawcett out of business and acquired Fawcett. And and acquired it. So they would publish comics with the character who was known as Captain Marvel, who was part of the Marvel family, okay, which was Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel Jr., and Mary Marvel. Um, he would say Shazam and get his power. So they would either call the comic Shazam with an um, exclamation point, mm-hmm. referencing what he says. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the very famous run was the Jerry Ordway run, The Power of Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Jeff Johns, as I keep mentioning, did his reboot, um, he said, you know what? Most people don't even you get confused and actually think the character Shazam. Let's just call him Shazam since we can't use the trademark anyway. Yeah, now so why did why they lose Shazam. the trademark? Because Timely they, became Marvel? Um, well, DC never had it. Right. So there was Fawcett Comics. Mm-hmm. Fawcett was out of business. A different company, I think, don't know the name of the other company, had, had, that, had gotten the trademark somehow. Marvel bought it for like $1,000 or something really cheap. Marvel Comics. And yeah. then they obviously used it. So for they the, had it. So, that, and that's so they why, had Captain Marvel, yeah, which they and, just and, used in the film. And, and it's also about a lot of times to keep it, you have to use it, and you have to publish it. Sure. That's why there have been periods in the past, before Carol was Captain Marvel, because that's a whole mm-hmm. other thing, um, where, and Marvel was dead, and they would, either they made another character, Monica Rambeau, they made her Captain Marvel, or even when she wasn't around, they periodically put out an issue. As long as they publish an issue with the t- Captain Marvel in it, mm-hmm. then they kept the trademark. Cool. So that's why if you go and look, you'll see periods where out of nowhere there's a miniseries or there's a special or something. Sure. Because that's how they maintain the the trademark. We've got a Mark Wade Invisible Woman comic coming out, which I am actually excited about. He's one of my favorite writers. Oh, I love Mark Wade. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so a lot of Easter eggs there. Um, So we mentioned the Monster Man. Um, It's been suggested that the whole bog thing might be a reference to, sw- to Swamp Thing. I was looking for it. I didn't necessarily see thing? it. One of the worlds. Um, <clears throat> the world of the mists, um, I- I've seen some people think, and I think uh, there's a lot of references to other movies here. I think that was a mist reference. Because literally the tentacle that comes right. out is like right, just like in the movie. The, the Stephen King book yeah. story. Yeah. So, because um, I think there's definitely some horror references. You know, there's another Annabelle reference. The director of this mm-hmm. directed one of the Annabelle movies, because there was an Annabelle reference in Aquaman as well. Um, so yeah, that that's in there. Um, but you know, you, you oh the Ibis stick is also in the Rock of Eternity. So there's a character um, Ibis who's one of the magician characters in the DC universe. Mm-hmm who goes back, he's a Golden Age character, and he has a stick that, you know, his powers from the Ibis stick, that's in there also. So there's a bunch of those things. But that's not the main staff. No, that's right. not the main staff. It's just, it's just a staff that's, that's in, the, uh, in the cave. My God, I, I wanted to go back and see the movie. Now I feel like you've uh, definitely got me, given me a lot of stuff to, to now appreciate the movie even more, and I really, really, really enjoyed the no, movie. No, the movie's rich with a, a lot of referential stuff. Um... You know, there's definitely, obviously, the obvious big reference. The what? The big reference. Oh, big the film. Yes, yes. absolutely. When they run across that floor piano, yes. it's awesome. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's tons of stuff. I mean, the whole corporate thing with the monsters, I think, is a bit of a Gremlins mm-hmm. 2 mess it, um Well... Reference. Our good friend, Lionel yeah, Luther. John Glover. John Glover yeah. played Clamp in yeah. Gremlins, Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was good to see Daniel Glover yeah. in this movie. Dude, I love Daniel that, Glover. That, that scene, when he goes in there, I gotta tell you, I did not expect him to go in there and tear them all apart and throw them out the window. I was like, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it, that one I seemed like the most excessive part of the movie. I did not see that coming. Right, but we did see a scientist already disintegrate by touching one of the doors. Yeah, but that, I mean, that, I mean, that fucking shocked the hell out of me. The, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that, that scene, I was like, what? Like, this, it was, it was not for kids. 
not for kids, but you know what? They're gonna they're gonna be watching this. No, I know one. it was a good movie. Well, that's just if it. I'm a kid, I say this not is for kids. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, it was totally for me. Yeah, we're but, watching Aliens. We're watching oh, Gremlins shoot an old lady out of a roof. Yeah, like we're watching all that stuff. and We're loving it. Yeah, yeah. If I'm a kid, th- I'm loving this movie. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it, was, it was some awesome shit in there. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's fun. It's funny. It's exciting. The, I thought the action really worked. Oh, one of my favorite things. Oh, God, this can laugh so hard. When he's squaring off with Savannah and he's in the air and he's like a mile away and Savannah's doing his whole <laughs> villain monologue. Like, yeah. I can't hear you. Is this one of those villain monologue things? They're like, I'm a mile away. Yeah. That, and they kept going back. I mean, that was so funny. That's literally one of the, it was, I mean, that's one of those places where you, you mentioned like it being like sort of parody, like yeah. you're totally taking the shot, but it was great. <laughs> it was perfect. Because, see, to me, it didn't feel like parody. It just felt like the thing that a kid says. Yeah. Like it goes, what is, what, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you're standing, yeah. you're a mile away from me yelling. Yeah. <laughs> you expect me to hear that? So the Mr. Mind is the, is the Easter egg at the end. Mr. Mind Easter egg is great. But that's not the only so the other extension of the, so, of the extended DCU. Yes. So, you know, I'm, by the way, like, let's talk about throughout the movie. You know, you go into these movies, and these days, they're talking about not concentrating on the shared universe. And, you know, and I, I don't know about you, but I worry. I'm like, oh, are they going to pretend the others aren't exist? How much do they exist? Who's in it? Who isn't in it? You know, and early on, we get, okay, with Freddy, we see he has all the newspaper clippings of Superman. He has a bullet, supposedly, that was shot at Superman. He has a battery. You know, he has, you know, a duplicate Batarang. So I'm like, okay, so this is definitely in the DCE. And, you know, and then all the T-shirts, you know, Aquaman, all of it. So it's like, it, 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 they very quickly make it very clear that they're all in there, you know, um, which is awesome. Um, and, you know, Freddie does the whole thing about saying that, you know, Shazam, the superhero is going to show up at lunch and he doesn't show up, you know, which really sucks. Mm-hmm. And poor Freddie. So, yeah, you know, at the end where he shows up, now, you know, there was a lot of talk going into the movie about Henry Cavill being in it. And apparently he wanted a lot of money and they didn't want to do it. He wanted, to be, he wanted you know, a lot of money to be in Shazam. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, but then supposedly it didn't work out because he had a conflict with Witcher. I don't think it was about that. I think it was about money, but whatever. Because what was it? It had been a day shoot, you know, right. nothing. So, you know, they got around it in a great way where they show the, the suit and they just don't pan up. Yeah, Superman you know? is Which in never would have worked if it was anything other than the, you know, a, a tag. Yeah, and it wouldn't have worked. I mean, if it wasn't from the point of view of a child, right? You know, like. But I'm saying, even just that whole—it's the tag, and it's like it's like exactly. It's like his movie's all he's seeing is he did. He's not even looked up yet. You know, yeah. it's like what Superman has fucking. He's in this movie. Yeah. It's awesome. But not only that, it's just the whole idea of like not only did he pay off. You know, the he came to you know say yes, he knows him. And that's my good friend. But oh. Look who else came to see him. Who you know? It's like it's just beyond. It's just a new era. It's Superman. And then you also get that animated credit sequence where you see awesome. Shazam fucking with the rest of the Justice League. Oh, the, anima- <laughs> the, the credit sequence is absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, um, and, and, and you got to think of it some level of canon, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. In fact, um, earlier today I was at the shop. And um, Ant Man and the Wasp was on, and I, I found myself thinking about how because the end of that. With, with all the toys is just a brilliant mm-hmm. credit sequence. I mean, you know, sometimes they do. What was the ending of Ant-Man and the Wasp? They have all the, all the toys, you know, staged exactly yeah. as you know, as you know. So yeah, um, but I think right up there, you know. Yeah, the, um, this one like kind of embraces the because when you when you see the trailer to Joker mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, DC's going full on multiverse. And that's fine. Like, they're going to have all these different flavors. And Joker looks great. And Joker has a very different flavor to these yeah. movies. Um, I think that's a really bold way to go. And I, and I think that uh, fans are going to watch anything that they put out. I mean, Aquaman, which was critically derided in a lot of ways, was the biggest one. And Aquaman's fun. It's a fun it's a movie. movie. I mean, I... That's why I, I say critically derived. I'll tell you. Because like, I told now, the Geekscape, this I, is a fun movie. I'm in a place now, obviously, you know, now I live with someone who goes, what are you buying, all that, you know? It used to be, I always, you know, I why still buy... Why are you buying this into that? Yeah, I still, well, I still buy all the Marvel movies. Well, you know, there's the, we could stream it, whatever else. What do you need to buy it for? And I stopped buying the DC movies. Um, I bought Wonder Woman. I didn't buy Suicide Squad. Um, movie's tight. What's that? So that movie's tight, yeah. Um, 
I didn't buy Justice League. Right. And the last half of that movie's tight. <laughs> well, you don't like the last half of Justice League. Uh, Justice League is flawed. It's very flawed. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the last in many half, many ways. The last half um, kind of and, starts and I didn't buy correcting. Aquaman yet, but. I mean, you know, again, I'm sort of stuck in that should I, shouldn't I? You know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I've justified my owning the Marvel movies because with my stepson, who hadn't seen them all, and we, we watched from the beginning, and we're sitting watching deleted scenes, and we were ha- having so much fun with the deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. He's like, these are awesome. Yeah. You know, just the idea that, wait, well, I can have a little bit more movie that I didn't get before. That's right. great. You know? Right. So. Well, you've got but, this one, and this one seems like it, it's... This movie, I'm going to have to buy this movie. Well, this movie's awesome, but I think I think the question that's what I'm saying is I'm going to have to get this one. I think the question I'm not asking that I need to ask is: Is there salvaging the DC extended universe? Of course there is. It's just a question of when and how and what to do about it. You know, I mean, everybody's screaming Flashpoint. I definitely had heard that. You may not need that anymore. Right. Here's the thing. Well, that, and I agree with you because is there salvaging it? Well, the Aquaman movie was good, and we're getting another Aquaman movie. Um, I love these. Wonder Aquaman. Woman. I love your accent. Wonder Woman was good. What's that? I love your accent, Aquaman. Yeah, and you're getting another Wonder Woman. You get another Wonder Woman. Shazam! Now they haven't announced the sequel yet. Clearly, they're going to make it. There's um, a teaser with Mister Mind. Well, 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 here's the trick: is and I. So I saw on the internet uh, someone said this, but I really, and they're absolutely right. You love reading the internet because eh. you send us all those articles. Yeah, I haven't lately because you don't <laughs> appreciate it. Um, so they have to make it soon because a big focal point is the kid being a kid. Sure. So it, like yeah. they really got a fast track. Yeah, Billy Batson's got to be a kid. So they, it doesn't they, work with the twenty-five-year-old Billy. Yeah, Benson, and I think he, I think the kid's sixteen now. Sure, they seriously got to fast track these sequels, you know, um, or they're gonna have a problem. That being said, does The Rock play Black Adam? Yeah. Well, the movie set up the way I heard it is they'll do Black Adam as his own movie. We're just gonna see everything he dealt with and all that. We'll get it, and I don't know if we'll get Black Adam with Shazam and Shazam Two or Shazam Three. I think it might wait till the third Shazam movie to bring them together. Who is Black Adam for the Geekscapists who don't? So Black Adam was the king of a country, a fictional country called Kandak, a, a Middle Eastern country from millennia ago. Yeah. Who ruled, who didn't do as the wizard wanted, you know? And He had Shazam's powers. Th- there was a point... Did he abuse them? W- way, way back, supposedly, but way back when the idea, you know, they, they portrayed him as evil... In the more modern times, Black Adam isn't evil. He's just who he is. Yeah, his country you know? comes first. I mean, does he kill? Yes, he kills. Mm-hmm. He'll kill for his country. He'll kill, you know. And, you know, in the 52 miniseries, and he went back to Kandak, he took it over, and he's just about, you know, ruling it and doing right. But, you know, like, so literally, even recently, there are current DC stories where you can get Black Adam to help the hero if it makes sense to him. He's not a bad guy necessarily, you know. He's just and he, even in um, what do you call it? Um, oh, I'm, I'm having a brain for it. Uh, you know the uh, DC um, where where Superman goes bad. The Red Sun. No, 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 no. Superman three. The, the, no, the video game. Um, the comic. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, Injustice. Injustice. Yeah. Sorry about you that. Know. I, even, I, I blink too. Yeah, yeah, even in that, you know, they have that, it's very firmly established. Like, he's just, he's not necessarily bad. Right. It's just a question of where he thinks things, you know. Will affect fall. his country, yeah. Yeah. So, and I like that take. I do think that um, they'll definitely do a storyline where they have conflict. But I don't, I don't think the movie, it's hard to say. It might be that you know they do a Black Adam movie and somehow they'll do something where he's you know frozen or something and then he'll come back out. You know, so the question will be: Will there be a whole movie that's just about them squaring off, or yeah. will it just be that they'll have their fight but then they'll go the other way? I mean, I, I always thought that. I mean, I th- I came out of this movie thinking number two has Black Adam in it, introduces Black Adam, and has Black Adam be a problem. I mean, that's the thing. It could definitely be you have Savannah and Mister Mind and Black Adam, and whereas I know a lot of people think oh. It's too much in one movie, but if you've already done a Black Adam movie, then that works. Sure. You do a Black Adam movie, 
you know. But what would a Black Adam movie be on its own? Well, that's just it. A Black Adam movie on its own is the Scorpion King. Right. It's, I mean, that, it's, that was it's my a, joke it, when I heard it's that. The I was old, like, it, it, it's, a, it's like a millennia ago, and you right. have this story about a uh, Middle Eastern right. king. You know, because that's the thing. Do you do a Black Adam movie on its own and just keep it in the past, or do you bring them forward? And then, you know, maybe you do a Black Adam movie, and it's mostly set in the past, and it comes to the present, and you do a, sh- a Shazam cameo in it. Sure. There, setting up the next Shazam movie. Okay. You know? Because that's the thing, don't you? I mean, we we wanted the Black Adam cameo, but now it goes the other way, right? Right. We got Doctor Savannah as depowered human, and Mister Mind. By the way, where where does that go? Let me say this on the Black Adam point. There was a point where I had heard that there was some talk of they may they might use Black Adam before Shazam came out. There was talk of Black Adam maybe showing up in the next Superman movie because you need someone at that power level, and that mm-hmm. would have been interesting. Yeah, you know. Um, but now that Shazam's out, that makes less sense. Yeah, you. I mean, but, the guys, their costumes. Again, their costumes are so similar. No, no. But but the, the, the main. It's not about that. The point was that they've known The Rock wanted to do and be Black Adam, so they had The Rock to be Black Adam for years. Mm-hmm. You know, and they just didn't step up and do it and get there. You know, they were playing with the idea of this movie and all that. So, but there was a point where they may have done Black Adam before they even did Shazam. Mm-hmm. It didn't go that way. It right. didn't happen. Um, I suspect that the issues with, you know, first, you know, BVS and then Justice League, you know, had a big part in derailing that. Sure. But, um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you have Savannah, Mr. Mind. Um one of the things that, you know, going into um, the room with all the doors, the current storyline is dealing with, the, with the, the different lands, okay? And, like, so we're on the Earth lands. What, what does that mean? And, well, so there's seven different magical lands. In the DC universe? Well, in the Shazam storyline. Yeah. yeah. So going through the doors, you're seeing the different lands. And the crocodiles are probably the monster lands or actually... I'm not sure if they're the monster lands or if the mist is the monster lands, but there's mm. these different lands. Sure. So, Johns is currently doing that in the storyline, so as far as using the comics as a blueprint, I suspect there might be some exploring of that because, you know, the kids and their powers, they go through and they want to see. So there's And those kids that. have maintained their powers? Yeah, yeah, they keep their powers. Okay. They get, they get to keep their powers. So, them. they were not depowered at the end of this movie, Geek no. Escapists? No, no, they, they still have it. Um, that's the wor- That's the most powerful house in the DC. Oh universe. yeah, seriously. Yeah, that, seriously. that that is a powerhouse right yeah. there. Um, one of the things that's not clear to me in in the movie, I just saw no sign of this. Um, but sometimes in, in the comics, what they've done is when he gives them power, they're getting the power directly from him, mm-hmm. so he's not as powerful. Hmm. But I didn't have a sense in the movie of that at all. Right, I, he wasn't. Less it seemed like they were all pretty awesome, and it also yeah. it also felt like. Each of their powers is a little bit unique from each other. Like well, one is super speed based. No, I, one I, is the idea is supposed to be that like the um, like Pedro, the strong one, is even stronger than Shazam. Okay, um, and then Darla's faster. Right. So like that's what I was getting. They, they're a little more in certain things. They are a little bit more of. Yeah. But in the comics, they still have the other powers. Um, and in this, it seemed like no. It seemed like Freddy was the only one that fly. Like, like it seemed like each one of them only had some of oh. it. I didn't... Freddy was the only one that flew? Did you see the other ones fly? I would have to watch it again, but yeah, I, it made Freddy's it... Freddy's the only one that flew. It made it yeah. feel... I, to me, it felt like everyone had what you just described, which was they all had the same power set, except certain powers each of them had a little bit more of. Yeah. So. No, you remember Freddy, the whole yeah. time he's trying to figure out and figure out, finally he flies? The rest yeah. of them don't fly. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. Oh, no, so. I have to watch this movie I really love again. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I had meant to go see it again. I just didn't sure. figure out the timing. Is there a storyline that has Savannah and Mr. Mind that you could go to to think that that might be a good basis for a sequel? Um, I mean, here's the thing, is what I wonder about, so again, you, you brought up about how you reboot things. Mr. Mine often gets very involved in the whole notion of the multiverse. Hmm. So, so that's interesting. Even when you reference, you know, the Joker movie and all that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of things they can do with it, you know. Um, 
but I get particularly interested in the Black Adam because that's the thing, Mr. Mind. I mean, you could do a storyline, Black Adam comes from the past and he's confused and Mr. Mind takes him over, you know? I mean, there's a lot of things that you could do there, you know? The reality is that, as I mentioned before, the iteration this is based on, there aren't actually that many comics of. There's John's first story and then they're only, as I said, like five issues in. Right, right. So there actually isn't a giant blueprint for this iteration of the kids with all the powers and all that, you know, we really haven't seen them. The character does go back to the 40s and 30s. Yes, yes. And there was the Marvel family before. Um, One of the things in the comics, previously, Mary was Billy's long-lost twin sister. Then the later version, she was older, but, you know, not not a twin, but still a sister. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't seem, with the whole thing with with the parents being alive... Clearly, she's not his older sister. I don't think there's any way they make her his sister. No, in this version, you know, only as uh, as a uh, only as a, a foster, foster sister. sister yeah, yeah. But yeah. That, so that was that was a thing. And I, and I, um, I thought that, that 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 this movie had just had so much heart in it. Yeah, yeah. And that was such a oh, uh, one of the other Easter eggs. Um, Darla is Darla Dudley, and in the comics pre uh, pre the reboot in the comics. Um, there was a character, Uncle Dudley, who was like this, I mean, now it's, it seems so creepy, like there's this older character that used to like look after Billy a bit and all that, an old man, yeah. Yes, <laughs> okay, what? And in this but, movie, she's Darla Dudley. Yes, so yeah. that's a little reference to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. So, Ian, we got to make some decisions. Okay. Because these things are going to start coming fast and furious. Yeah. Are we going to do a Hellboy special? You tell me. I think when I walk out of that movie tomorrow, we'll decide whether or not. <laughs> yeah, I unfortunately can't see it tomorrow. Right. So, but we can figure it out. I definitely Geekscape will see is, it by next week. In Geekscape, is if you if you are intrigued by the Hellboy movie, I just had one of the actors on the most recent episode of the Geekscape podcast, and I welcome you all to yeah. go and listen to that. I am I, not loving the reviews, but I love that character, yeah. so you know I'm going to go see it. I feel like we'll do Endgame. Hell yeah, we're going to do Endgame. I'm just teasing. Don't play games with me, Ian. Yeah. And then we've got Dark Phoenix. Yeah, we, yeah, Dark Phoenix. It can go either way, and I think listen, that one can go either listen, way. Listen, uh, let's just look at it like this. After Apocalypse, our expectations are so low. Expectations being a pun? I mean, you know, I'm okay with it. It's not It's not the 90s anymore, but I'll... Let's make a character in a, a series called Expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let, let, let's not even talk about Major X but of all the the, the Rob Liefeld one that just came out I read it yesterday and hey you know you, you, <laughs> but time only, was but he's only doing the artwork time was you know back in the day you used to we used to do podcasts and come on and we talk about everything and you know I mean I have to push like a little bit of comic book stuff into these yeah. because you don't have me on to talk about comic books anymore I know but the, yeah. we we can't be having four hour episodes. I I understand. <laughs> I did talk about how I'm catching up with. I'm almost done catching up with the Charles Soule Daredevil and how much I'm really enjoying is that. Is it Soule or Soleil? Uh, it's one or the other. But he okay. is doing. Yeah, he was doing a pretty great job on Daredevil. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, he's and, a re- he's a great writer. And I'm getting really good on catching up with my books. I'm I'm treating them like trades at this point. Uh-huh. I, um, get it. I get it. And yeah, Endgame is going to be a, a thing. And yeah. And like Shazam, like any comic book movie, I am really trying to avoid all those spoilers. And oh, really, at this point, I'm, being I'm super yeah, careful with no, the internet. Yeah, no, I, I don't want any. I don't want any. Because yeah. I, I, I already know enough, and it's like, you know, but... And the Roosters, the Roosters have been pretty vocal with saying that everything we've seen is only from the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, which is great. And I'm down. Yeah. Because the movie is three hours long. Mm-hmm. And which can, is just and blows any, my mind. There can be anything in it. Um, you, you, read know, the, you read today that they, that they had Mark Ruffalo shoot a, a whole death scene. I did not read that. F- but not for this film, for uh, Infinity War. Okay. In Infinity War, they, they didn't want the actors to know whether or not their characters were killed off or not. Which is tough because they shot both movies back to back, I heard. Right. That's so sense. why would they shoot a Mark Ruffalo death that scene for the Hulk? I don't know. Um, um, then, then, then all these scenes that we've seen from the first fifteen minutes of Endgame, where he's part of the conversation with going after Thanos, and I'm like, mm, how long was yeah. that a secret on set? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, are you a John Wick fan or now? Yeah, um, I don't know how much the geeks gave us for John Wick fans. I found that sequel to be almost too much like the first movie. And I, so really, I, 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 thought, I thought it satisfied. expanded the world great. 
Yeah. But the plot line of his motivations and things like that, I was like, yes, it did it it did it did expand the world. I thought the movie and the structure were a little too similar to the first movie. Okay. But obviously I was spoiled by the raid and raid two being almost entirely different movies. Yeah. And I thought that was a really brave choice by the directors of the raid to be like, holy crap, you made two really great action movies yeah. that could not be any different. And I wish you must have watched the Mad Max movies. (laughs) I love that that the Mad Max movies are all violently different from each other. Um, That's what I want out of my franchises is to have all these different flavors. And I understand why it doesn't happen because you got to make sure they're hits. You got to make sure people come back and uh, and get it. But Geekscape is. I hope you guys come back. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Go see Shazam. No, you've seen Shazam by now. You just sat through that. Don't go see Shazam. We just spoiled the hell out of it. I'm kidding. Go see Shazam and enjoy that one. Uh, and I, I guess I, really I guess that we it. need um, we need people to see this movie for them to announce the sequel, right? Let's get that sequel going. Um, didn't they, they hired the writer for the sequel? You sent me that article. Yeah, but if they actually announce it going into production, oh, they ain't gonna do that until they get that script, Ian. I guess. But the script has been ordered. You sent me that article. Yeah, I think so. So this, the same writer is writing the sequel. Okay. I um, did just the other day. Right? You sent me that article. Yeah. That right. that one, I definitely read the headline of. Uh, Ian. That's good. Thank you, man. Obviously, you're on Facebook. You're in our Geekscape Forever group on Facebook. You're on Twitter as Ian J. Kerner. Ian L. Kerner. Ian L. Kerner. That's funny. Ian L. Kerner, sorry, Geekscape, as you can find Ian on Say Twitter my name. As Ian L. Kerner. Say my name. I'm not doing that. And uh, I've uh, and then that's a Shazam reference, Geekscape. Yes, um, that's a Shazam reference. You've seen the movie, you know it. So um, Ian L. Kerner on Twitter. I'm Jonathan Leonard on Twitter. And obviously you can find us, just Google Geekscape. You'll find us on the website and all this stuff. We're in the road to Comic-Con. We're definitely in the road to Endgame. And we've got a lot of cool Geekscape episodes coming up. So go to the site. Maybe listen to some of the other shows that we've got for you guys. Um, and uh, tell your friends to subscribe. Leave us a review on whatever podcatcher you got. We're on the Himalaya app. I don't know how many of you guys are using that new Himalaya app to listen to your podcasts or how you listen to your podcasts. But wherever your podcatcher is that you use... It really helps us to go to iTunes or one of those and leave us a review. It really helps our visibility. And, of course, it helps right now as you're finishing this podcast to go in there and see that little box right there on your app that has a little arrow. Go ahead and click that. It's a share button. And text it to five of your friends. Be like, yo, remember we went to see Shazam and we really enjoyed it? Listen to Ian, break it down, and give you some of the nitty-gritty about Shazam, you'll have a better understanding of the character. And who knows, maybe we'll have expanded Geekscape just a little bit more. So please, share the episodes, let people know what they're missing, and uh, let's expand the Geekscape family in the same way that Shazam has expanded the DC universe. I love you guys, definitely um, see you guys at Comic-Con. Ian, you'll see them at Comic-Con? I hope so. And we will see you guys in the next coming days and weeks. All right? Over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.